Hello, everybody, and welcome to the one and only place where we are going to break down all four divisional matchups and put up our own money to see who's really smart. It's not our own money. No, thank God. Hurting in the cash department. Uh, wild card weekend was a rough one out there. Let's just be real. All four underdogs covered the spread after a year in which all four favorites covered the spread. So if you're looking at past history, last week, not the best. But we are always happy to have you. Uh, If you're on Facebook, feel free to comment. I'll be reading throughout the show. If you are listening to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, I hope you heard that Sims and Tony Baselli are now two best friends. And you hang out all the time. Hey. I'm glad. I was getting worried. I, you should have been worried because if he attacked me, he was going to attack you too. I was going to put on a mustache and be like, I do not know who that is. <laughs> that is Chris Sims. I would have blamed you. I, You're I the one that got me on the You're Levitard right. thing. Right. Right. Yes. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through all four games. Sims has gone through and taken copious notes about what he thinks could happen. Right. And as we always say, Listen to his words. Don't always take his advice. That's really where the magic That's happens. That's all there is to it. Yep. Uh, but let's see how we did last week in the money department. Sims, very famously, put $1,570 on the Jacksonville Jaguars to cover the money. Gosh. Yep, that, that yeah. one hurt. Um, the game kind of played out the way I expected it to. You know, I showed the graphic last week of the home stats, right, of Blake Bortles. I did not think we were going to see the Blake Bortles that we quite saw. You said that he was better at home. Right. And then it ended up being three-mile-per-hour wins. He was completely thrown off. You lost 1580. I lost 800 because I lost three and won one. We both got the Titans game. Okay. Currently, you are minus – you are down 4,220. Can you guys put up programming here just so we can see stuff? Damn, I'm screwed. Uh, You're down more than – $4,000. I can't I'm make a comeback. Like a it's officially out of it. Um, oh, you're down 1000 I'm down 1000 Okay. So if you hit... But the problem is this. Right. If we pick some of the same games... that's. Did you go a big bet or did you spread it out? Or do you want to not... I'll never tell. Okay. Hey, everybody. He'll never tell. Uh, we're going to start off with the first game on Saturday, and it is going to be Philadelphia hosting the Atlanta Falcons, and the Eagles are the first underdog to have the first seed and the home field bye in the history of the NFL. Right. Wild. Crazy. Uh, the Eagles come in seventh in offense, fourth in defense. The Falcons eighth in offense, ninth in defense. And the Eagles are three-point underdogs. And the reason is this. What we have seen out of Nick Foles since that Giants game right. has been very scary. Right. We have seen him against the Raiders really look poor. Yep. And then against the Cowboys, he played like two or three drives. And it wasn't Didn't good. look good, even no. though I will say, Torrey Smith catches that slant and goes for 70 yards. Exactly and all of a sudden, right. we're going, Nick Foles figured yep. it out. Exactly. And that's football. Yep. I'll also say this. A lot of people say the Giants' performance wasn't as impressive because he got the ball in a lot of short field situations. Yeah. Coupled with the fact that the Atlanta Falcons are the darling team. Right. They are the team that got to the Super Bowl last year. They have a phenomenal fast defense. They have a quarterback that's been there before, and they are the only team in the NFC that actually made it to the playoffs last year. When you add on to the fact 
that Nick Foles has played one postseason game and Matt Ryan has played more than a dozen. Right. And we love to give all the credit to the quarterback. Yes, we do. That is the national perspective. Yep. Now let's dig into Sims's micro perspective. Yeah. Which side do you want to start off with? Yeah. Let's start with Nick Foles. Yeah, sure. You, you, you tell me where you want to start. I mean, I think the first thing there I, I just look at, first of all, is the thing that concerns me as far as, let's just say, Philadelphia's offense uh, versus this Atlanta defense is, you know, the lack of playmakers on the Philadelphia offense as compared to what you just mentioned, the Atlanta Falcons, their defense, the speed they have. Uh, I would argue other than Jacksonville, maybe Ooh. that Rams defense last week, that's very close. But those are the only defenses in football that are faster than Atlanta. Uh, this is my big thing. Atlanta, they play one or two defenses. It's that Seattle scheme. You know that. So certainly there's going to be a variety of plays that the Eagles will be able to throw uh, at this uh, Atlanta defense. And the extra week off will help that. I mean, not that you know who you're playing, right, if you're the Eagles, but yeah. the Eagles know there was three teams they could possibly play, right? They knew they couldn't play the number three seed, yes. New Orleans Saints. It was limited down. They right. get a lot of Is it the work. four, five, or six? It could be. Can Go I ahead. ask you a question yeah, from right. yesterday's podcast? Right. You said that one of the things the Falcons did was disguise their coverages and play different yes, defenses. Yes, right. And it made me go, man, Dan Quinn went in the Super Bowl completely outcoached Bill Belichick right. in the first half and really the third quarter, too. Right, sure. Rams, one of the best offenses we've seen in a long time, yeah. completely did it. Yeah. How dangerous is that with Nick Foles a court, and an offense that, that has kind of been stumbling It's a lately. good question, and I, I'm glad you're, you're leading me in the direction I want to go. Okay, so first of all, the defense, yes, it was good last week, and it did have a few little curveballs that threw McVay off in some obvious Definitely passing Jared situations. Goff. Yes, and Jared Goff. Jared Goff did not play well. We also have to take into context of what happened last week, okay? They didn't just shut the Rams mm. down, right? I mean, Gurley ran for over 100 yards. Uh, Goff missed some open receivers and really played one of his poorer games of the whole year. Uh, so from that standpoint, I look at it and go, there's still plays there to be had. This is my biggest point in this matchup. The Eagles are a size football team. This is Northeast football. This is January. It's going to be a little sloppy on Saturday in Philadelphia. There's a chance of mixed rain, maybe high 40 degrees, at least the last I saw. This is what would worry me if I'm the Atlanta Falcons right here. Number one, and this is where they have their biggest advantage, the Philadelphia Eagles. This offensive line, it's got tremendous size. Holly Pulley, Vati Vita. Yes, everybody except the center are 300 plus and easy. Like Brandon Brooks, he's 335 after he hasn't eaten anything in four days. And Jason Kelsey, even though he's under 300, has tremendous power. The and, center's and, a different animal. And the way they use the center, it's more mobile. Exactly it's get right. Outside, exactly so it's right. Better than he's. It is. Size. You want him that size. Exactly. They ask Kelsey to get out and pull, get to the second level a lot. He does a lot of impressive things from that center position. To me, that's where I look at it and go, they have an advantage. This Atlanta defense, other than Don Terry Poe, does not really have great size at any position in their front seven. Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett, yes. He's about 300, okay. 295. He's and that's, just so damn He's impressive. really good, certainly, yes. So to me, the key of the game, first of all, is what is Philadelphia going to have offensively? Just a few wrinkles up their sleeve. Second of all, can they just realize who they are? Get the hell out of the shotgun and running sideways with Ajaye and LeGarrett Blunt. That, to me, is going to be part of the game. So when where, you're picking a game, right. let me ask you this. Yes. This is a team, the Eagles, yes. that have run side-to-side criminally for yes. the last two years. Right. And you're sitting there going, the way that you beat the Falcons is to run it right up the middle. Right. That's what they need to do. Yes. But when you're betting, you have to think about what they're going to do. Sure. So what do you think they're going to I, do? I, I can't sit here and just... Uh, <laughs> I got to think they're going to do a little more downhill 
under the center. They have to look at what Nick Foles has even done in those starts. When they're under the center, he's he's a better thrower of the football to me. Mm. The run game is more effective. I know I've written that in my notes. I didn't yeah. go back and look at the numbers, but I remember going, damn, when they give it a Jaya and he gets to go downhill and these linemen get to block downhill, it fits what they are. They can impose their size and physicality yeah. if I see on this Atlanta. If I see LeGarrette Blunt going six yards right. outside tackle, I'm going to be so There's, You have no chance in that game. But they, they, they they're going to outrun Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell. Right, so I'm going, i got to think this staff is smart enough to realize, you know what, this kind of game, is we're not going to win it this style mm-hmm. this week. And I also got to think that they got to go, man, we're not going to win a lot of these one-on-one matchups outside either. I mean, those two corners, Alford and, and Truvon, yeah. are good. They are. I look, uh, at, I look at that yep. matchup and I go, the Eagles have size advantages, but the Falcons have speed advantages in all the cornerback, wide receiver yes, matchups. Yes, all of it. This is where you need the Alshon Jeffrey lob it up 50-50 Sure, ball. and that will come into play at times. Man. You're right. This is gonna, And that's going to come into play. Because sure. Atlanta is one of those teams, as you know, they are going to put eight men in the box almost every freaking play. Every play. So yeah, they're going to they give really you one-on-one. corners on island. They, they do. And so that will be a big key to the game. And then you want to flip it over to the other side? Well, let me just finish yeah. it up with. So the big thing is, will the Eagles run between the tackles? Right. Will Nick Foles play smart football? Yes. And then, you know, can they just overpower them is what it sounds To like. me, that's the way to go. They're, I'm going to say my prediction for right. Eagles player that right. really goes out and yeah. needs to play well, I'm going to go Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. I think Aguilar is that dude in the slot. I think Cooper Cup had a lot of success in the slot against the Falcons yes. last week, and I'd like to see Nelson Aguilar be that same guy. One of the weaknesses to this defensive scheme, and when you see Jacksonville or Seattle give up completions in this is very valid to your point, and I think you're very right. If there's a receiver that I look at that can have a day, right, it is him because, again, whether they're in the shotgun or underneath the center, the play-action fake is very hard on this Atlanta-Seattle-type scheme, right? The linebackers are playing zone. So, okay, you fake the run up the middle. They're going to come up aggressively because they're part of that, you know, I have to be controlled this gap and I have to make the tackle if the running back comes into this gap. Well, you have to be aggressive with that. Oh, wait, it's a play-action fake. Now let me turn my back and run back and try to figure out who's crossing the field and all those things. So that can play into the strength of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the thing I'll be looking for. That one's going to be a struggle. If they're in shotgun all game yeah, and doing that, they're then they're not going to win the game. Let's flip it around. By yep. the way, I misspoke earlier. Matt Ryan has not been to a more than a dozen. He has been to nine playoff okay. games, so this is number 10. Nine. I, I'm going to be updating every single game. The disparity in experience in quarterbacks in every single game is shocking. Yeah. So this is Matt Ryan's 10th. This is Nick Foles' second. Right. Let's talk about the Falcon side of the ball. What are your Sims' big notes? Uh, I, it really goes back into the same thing for me, okay? This is a side football game. It's going to be my theme when I had to break down this game, uh, you know, just even for my article last night. Again, here we go. This is the strength of the Eagles right here. These big mother effers right Fletcher here. Fletcher Cox, 310. Timmy Jernigan, 295. Right. Bo Allen, 327. Destiny Vallo, 299. And Elijah Qualls, right. 321. And Vallo and Qualls, they don't play a ton, but they, they get, get in there. Exactly right. But still, they're big bodies that are not going to get blown out you of the way. You know who actually was on the Eagles in preseason right. that got cut? Your boy Hamilton. Sure. That you saw on that. What, what team is he on? Uh, Hamilton is on, um, I know. He I'm had to play to a lot for the Chiefs. 
You're right, the Chiefs. But right. That's the depth they had at that position. Right, and he was not that great uh, last well, week either. But yes, the yeah. reason he's not on your cut. roster. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think um, the the thing too. Okay, so there we look at it. The Atlanta Falcons offense. It's still the same to me. Last week did not change my opinion at all. It's not a great offense. It's got weapons and some great players. The Falcons offensive line. They got whooped for the most part, against the Rams last week. Certainly. The Rams were on the field forever, and that's really when the dam broke. It's just they couldn't, they couldn't hold down the fort anymore. Brockers got hurt, right? And that was a huge ball to their defense. Their defensive line in, in Los Angeles was not that deep. Now, this is another story with the Eagles, and this will be the, the part of the game I look at. You know I've said in the past, the Eagles' defense is secondary. has been way too aggressive. They're crazy this week if they're too aggressive. Against Julio Jones, Ugh. the slant goes, things like that. Atlanta certainly saw that. They're going to try that out a few times. But if I'm Philadelphia, the first thing I do is go, man, I got this great front four, and it's the number one run defense in football. I'm going to protect against a big play in the pass, and I'm going to let my D-line, which is one of the biggest in football, just simply try to wear out this Atlanta front. And uh, Matt Ryan was the difference in the game last week. He did not have great pass protection. He just made a number of amazing plays, getting hit, dumping it off, scrambling, whatever it may be. So I think Schwartz, again, with the extra time, breaking down some of the simplicities of the Sarkeesian offense, I think they're going to be all over some of their staples. And to me, it's about not letting up the big play, a little bend, don't break, and let this front control the football game. We talked about the size. It's not a big offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons. Because it was built for Kyle Shanahan. His own scheme. And he's, exact, there and he's always struggled running the ball against Jim Schwartz a little in that scheme. Really? Yes, because the wide nine makes the outside zone principles a little different. It's better for traps and it, things like that. Exactly right. So that's where the dynamic of that game changes to me. And uh, My, my biggest ahead. fear, because you yeah. said it earlier, yeah. is Jim Schwartz is a coach right. that wants to win the game. Yes, right. And so you say, let's play safe. Yeah. Jim Schwartz is one of those guys, if the offense is stalling, he goes, he's like Buddy Ryan. Yeah. I'm going to jumpstart this. Right. I'm going to bring the house like he did against Russell Wilson sure. and have Malcolm Jenkins or Ronnie McLeod one-on-one with Taylor Gabriel. That the is the scary thing. My biggest fear in this game is this. Right. Matt Ryan drops back. <laughs> And there's Jalen Mills running up, and there goes Julio Jones. Because I think that this game will be a lot like Bills-Jacksonville. Maybe not 10-3. Right. Maybe 17-10. Agreed. But if the Falcons get a one-play touchdown... Yeah. As, as an Eagles fan, I'm uh, sitting can there going. change the dynamic of the game. This is a mountain. Right, right. Because now we're playing from behind. Now Nick Foles has to throw. My dream is it's a Jay Ajayi 25 carry game. But the Falcons' offense, I look at Devontae Freeman and go, Nigel Bradham needs to be the boss. Yeah, well, he needs to be the boss. If if that becomes that kind of game, it, it has to be a 25 carry Legarrette Blunt Jay Ajayi game. Yeah. It has to be that. I don't see another way that your football team can win this. But I'll say this. This is the underlying factor. Just my experience being in a locker room, all those things, okay? This Philadelphia football team is going to be ready to fucking kill people, okay? You're underestimating the, oh, we're being disrespected. You don't think we can win without Carson Wentz. We're the best defense in football. That's all this front four has heard about. And it's not four of them. There's eight of them. That's what's, and they know, and they've been told, and Jim Schwartz is telling them, you guys got to play great. You got to get to Matt Ryan. We can't win the game unless you do that. And that, to me, always favors the defense in those type of matchups, especially when you've had a week off and they're going to be fresh. 
So that, uh, where I look at it, Lefko, I'm putting $10 on your Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> After that rousing speech. I'm putting $10. But I'll say this. I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win this football game. I picked them 20 to 17. Let's go, mofo! Did you know how to spell the Eagles there? Uh, I was a little off. Yeah. I know how to spell it. But, <laughs> but regardless. Like <laughs> uh, but uh, I do. I don't have a great X's and O's reason for you. I'm just going to say that I feel like this Philadelphia football team is one of the biggest teams in the NFL. You know my old saying, fast teams get slower as the game goes on. Big teams don't get smaller. Yeah. And I think the fact that they've been disrespected, they're coming up into a grass field that's going to be not very fast. It's not going to be great weather. All those things play in the favor of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I just don't think Atlanta's playing as good as everybody thinks. I know Atlanta won last week, and they beat the Carolina Panthers in Week 17 in a game that wasn't huge meaning to Carolina. But, man, the week before that, they were they lost 23-13 to to the Saints. I mean, there's cracks in the armor. Yeah. And I'm going to go with the Eagles. I am going to be going. I'm going to do my bet. $400 on the Eagles. Woo! I'm not fucking around. We're going for it. Let me just tell you the last few places Atlanta has played road games. Yeah. In L.A. Right. Inside a dome yep. in New Orleans, at Tampa Bay, in Florida. Yeah, see, the grass thing would concern me. They've played some easy teams on grass, But right? I'm also talking about but Carolina. They lost. Yeah, right, that too. Yes. At Seattle, yes. that was a very big win for them. Right. We're talking in Philadelphia, crazy place. Right. Um, my, my big thing is the Eagles were the number one seed, home field advantage, and we really talked about the defense setting up Carson Wentz for good stuff all year. Yes. I don't want to underestimate how freaking cold it was in the Raiders and Cowboys games. And that's what we're basing this thing on Nick Foles about. Derek Carr played bad. Dak Prescott played bad. Right. All the quarterbacks in those games play bad. Nick Foles is somewhere between the 280 with four touchdowns and the really bad with those interceptions. Yes. He's somewhere in between. My hope is, with all these great offensive minds that are being interviewed all over the league, in Filippo and Frank Wright and Doug Peterson, that they can look at their team and do an honest assessment and go, we're going to run the right way. It's right. not just running. Right. It's running the right way in the the right direction, and I think that they're going to say, we're going to bash the crap out of the Falcons team. The Falcons, I think, are a counter-puncher team. Yep. They wait for you to be aggressive, and they take advantage of that. Sure. The Eagles are, we're just going for body shots. Right. And you can't counter a body shot on us. And that's what I'm, I just think it's going to be a close game, and as a better, I'll take the home field advantage that feels disrespected and getting points. It just feels like I'm being given a lot. Yeah. I'm excited to watch this game with you on Saturday. I am too. I'm either going to be insanely furious at ineptitude or wildly excited. I, I just can't imagine that they'll mess it up. But, yeah, I, I'm with you all the way. Uh, I had a point I was going to make, but I can't remember. Oh, I, I just got to say this, the last thing. I just can't say it, and I know you've heard me say this, and I've said this before. I just The parallels to my dad's 1990 New York Giant team, I just still find astounding as I think back about it. You know, my, my dad, you know, gets hurt. 
Hosteller comes in. They win two ugly games at the end of the year, very similar to Philadelphia. Yeah. They beat the Patriots 13 to 10, and everyone was like, "Oh, they're the number two seed, but they're going to be out of they're going to be out of the playoffs in a hurry." Chicago Bears came into the divisional round in New York. I was there as a 10 year old kid, and the Giants stomped them. The Giants had had enough. They didn't want to hear the, like the Phil Simms shit or any of that. Yeah. And they won 31 to three. And I don't expect it to be a blowout no. like that, but I do think that I, I think the Eagles. Uh, are going to win the football game. I do think it's very funny that if there's one team that has been not aligned with the podcast all year, it's been Falcons fans who are constantly upset with right, us. And now, and now they're taking on the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. Hear me, Atlanta fans? We're coming for you. I'm just kidding. Uh, good luck, but uh, I hope you lose. Let's go to Saturday night, which is the team that miracle, I don't want to say miracle, came back from down 21-3. Marcus Mariota caught his own pass. Maybe it was a miracle. And they beat the Chiefs, and they are 13-point underdogs to the very angry Tom Brady-led Patriots because how dare you assume that Brady, Belichick, and Kraft have an upset anger fueled by the success of of Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. Joe Montaning Bed. Montaning Bed. Montaner. Uh, Patriots are 13-point favorites. What's really funny is this reminds me of the Texans game last year mm-hmm. where the Patriots were double-digit teams, and we saw a team that, if they executed the right way, could bring a lot of trouble to the Patriots. And if you remember the Texans game last year, Jadavian Clowney was Possessed. all over Possessed. Tom Brady. Right. And the defense was really disrupting the Patriots all game. Yeah. And the Patriots still won by double-digit yep. points and still covered the spread right. because that's what the Patriots do. Let's start off. Tom Brady and this offense against the Titans defense. And you went on a speech yesterday. I'm about to go on it again. Then let's do it. Okay. All right. So here we go. Um, all right, let, let's throw the first graph. Let's, uh, let's go to the first graphic, first of all, uh, Canvasser. The, the first one is the Titans run defense. It's one of the best run defenses in football, right? Uh, ranks fourth in football. They got big people up front. Sylvester Williams, Jarrell Casey, and my man Austin Johnson, who's one of the under the radar superstars in football. He's immovable, okay? So now, can we go? Let's go to the next one, the Titans pass rush, right? Uh, Canvasser, because this is going to be my point here. Um, their pass rush, they're tied for fifth with 43 sacks, right? It's Dick LeBeau. We're going to stop the run. We're going to bring some creative blitzes. And now go to the pass defense, Canvasser, and let's throw that graphic on. Man, they're 25th in football in pass defense, okay? They're all correlated. To me, this is what has to happen. The Tennessee Titans stop, stop with the run defense and sack numbers. That's the reason the pass defense is 25th in football because they, they always got a guy to line of scrimmage or they bring a creative blitz and they leave their secondary in vulnerable positions. So my first point is this. Can somebody do to the New England Patriots what they do to everybody else? which is play the bear front with their three bigger big guys in the middle, okay? You put Sylvester Williams at nose tackle over the center. You put Jarrell Casey over Joe Thune, who can't pass protect, okay? And then you put Austin Johnson over the right guard Shaq Mason. These guys are as good as it gets in the business, 3-4 type defense alignment, right? And then you just drop eight. Drop eight. You can have Arakapo and Morgan on the edge to set the run, whatever. Maybe they rush from time to time to get a four-man and they rush. they do have good middle linebackers, and too. They got guys that can Williamson run. Williamson and Woodyard are both Drop talented. back. Call New England's bluff. Can someone ever – how many years in a row does New England have to win the Super Bowl before we go, hmm, let's copy what they do? Because this is what New England does to everybody. Put the three big guys in the middle – I want to see New England run the ball 30 times. Can somebody show me? Like, call their bluff. 
two safeties back. I want to see Tom Brady turn around and give the ball to Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead 30 times. I don't believe they'll do it, even if you took the defensive line off the field. I still think they're going to go, ah, gosh, we got Gronk down the middle. Let's just throw it. I, don't, I, I would truly call their bluff. I think it's a big thing. I think people are missing out on it. Flood passing lanes that teams have beaten New England in the past, yes. whether it was Kansas City week one, and that's what they did. The Jets, the years they were capable of upsetting with Rex Ryan. The Baltimore Ravens. These are all teams that dropped out. They were teams that said, you know what? We're going to stop the pass, all the underneath great schemes they have and all those, and occasionally blitz to catch you off edge. Do you think there's any correlation to Belichick running so much in Week 17 to try and convince teams that the run... I, I do. Needs to be stopped. I, I, I do. Like Deion Lewis got a ton of carries last week. Yes, in week he, seventeen. He, well, he's a, he's a great player. And that's, certainly, that's my prediction. Right? Is I think I do not think the Titans are going to take your advice, man. They're because just, I just don't. Th- I just think it's very rare sometimes when teams take your advice. From, but I think Deion Lewis is going to be the guy that cat. I think Deion Lewis has a huge game. If Rex Burkhardt is hurt, if not, they split it up. When you study Dick LeBeau, yeah, how often does he actually do that? He, he'll do it as soon as you burn him, like last week, Kansas City, right? He came out stopping the run. Oh, great, you stopped the run. Only problem is Kelsey and Hill are just flying by you, and it's wide open completion. Oh, great job. You had a guy in the box to stop Kareem Hunt. Wow, I'm impressed by that. Oh, wait, everybody's open in the pass game. Yes. Then he said, let me readjust and let me flood passing lanes and be creative with zone coverages, and Kansas City couldn't do crap. Yeah. They could do nothing. So uh-huh. I think he's capable. I to me, you know, I don't know if they'll do it either. And they have athletes. Logan Ryan is a they talented quarter they got for Adore the Dory Jackson, Jackson, Cyprian, Kevin Byers. Byard, right. They have a safety. That, they really have a good team. They can do this. Oh, man, it's making me big. Now, okay, and then the, now, now let's the Casey Thune matchup's going to be big. Terrell really, Casey versus Joe Thune. Joe you Thune. said Joe Thune has been a liability He's left been guard pitiful all year. So watch ball. that. Watch the D-line. Right. See how many people the Titans drop back and then explicitly watch Casey Thune. That seems to be the huge advantage the Titans It have. does. I mean, I think the, the Patriots, knowing them, they are literally going to break down film and they're going to go, man, how can we slide help to Thune in this matchup? Yeah. And it'll That's be an interesting thing. to the watch. The Patriots are going to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, there have been um, – Who's the quarterback for uh, the Tom Texans? Tom Brady. Oh. No. For the Texans. Uh, Deshaun Savage, Watson. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson right. had success. Yeah. Cam Newton had success. Russell Wilson has had success. Double threat quarterbacks, dual threat quarterbacks have had success. Yeah. But there's also the Tyrod Taylors. Right. Where the, 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 the Patriots do a mush rush and they keep a guy contained. How can this Titans offense take it to a Patriots defense, right. which will probably bring three and drop eight? It, it will. Well, it, maybe. I, I'll say this. I yeah. don't know because this is a different Patriots. So the first thing I think about, first of all, the Patriots are going to be healthy on defense, I think, right? We got Allen Branch, Dietrich Wise, all those guys, Trey Flowers. Everybody's 100% ready to go. So that's going to be a great thing for them just to have their front seven. Van Noy's going to be back. He hasn't been playing. Those are huge pieces that have been missing, really, and been in and out of the lineup the last five or six weeks of the year. That will be crucial. Um, you know, you talk about those other quarterbacks, Cam and Russell, I mean, uh, and Deshaun Watson and everything. Yeah. I don't think Mariota can throw to the ability those guys can. Gotcha. That would be my first question. Really, to me, one of the big things is, as I got to think that, that, that uh, the, the New England coaches watch Tennessee on film 
and they go, ooh, the run game, it is something to worry about. Whether it's Mariota, whether it's Derrick Henry, who's a physical specimen that is just, I mean, to me, is phenomenal. I mean, you yeah. think you're going, oh, we tackled him for a no gain, and you go, damn, he went forward and fell down, and it's second and six. We thought he had a no, no gain, and he somehow got three yards. So that I like, and I think they're going to be, I think they're, at the end of the day, they're going to go, we don't think Marcus Mariota in this passing game can beat us. I think this is the, the year where the Patriots go, no, we're going to play bare front and maybe put an extra guy at the line of scrimmage because we don't think you have anybody yes. that can get open against Gilmore, Butler, and McCourty. And that's that, the key to the defense. And that's the thing. People yes. forget about the Patriots' defense. When they signed Stephon Gilmore, yes. it was rumored that Malcolm Butler was going somewhere else, like the New Orleans Saints. But when they kept both, usually – Belichick has one good quarter, right. and he focuses that on a guy and takes him away. Right. The Patriots this year in the playoffs have two, yes. Butler and Gilmore, yes. and he can do some creative stuff, and Devin McCourty never gets credit. Never. You constantly say he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. He's never making these teams. I, it drives me. I mean, and, he, and, and yeah. when do you ever see Belichick really pay players? Right. He paid Devin McCourty. Right. So they have three guys that can play matchup football. Yes, and so, I think they're going to put the pressure on them. Just way. bare front. I think they're going to say yes. Like, we know Through the one you thing. Can, yeah. You haven't, Mariota, showed us consistently through a 16-game season that you're the viable, dangerous threat for this team. They're going to go, your legs are dangerous, so we're going to have an extra guy down there to stop that. Yeah. But we don't think you're going to sit there and shred us apart with your right arm all game. Just being in New England, knowing the way they usually operate, that would be the thing so to So what me. are the Titans And then do? you're going to see... Third down, Delaney Walker's going to get doubled or he's going to have to deal right. with Devin McCourty man-to-man. So what What would surprise you? Like, What, what could the Titans do to shock the Patriots? <sighs> the, the, the thing I would look at more than anything, and again, this is to my naked eye, but Mariota... fucking close on. <laughs> but Mariota, and this team is another team that it is good when they're underneath the center. They get in the shotgun a little too much for me. When they go downhill with Derrick Henry, it does a lot. They're good with the, what they have in play action. They don't utilize that enough. This is the week that you have to do it, okay? And then they got to have a few wrinkles to just scare them, whether yeah. that be fake reverse speed sweeps, things like that. But to me, it's going to be a misdirection game. Mm. And they're going to have, you know, the thing that sucks, sucks about the Titans is they're just going to have some sexy run game designs that nobody's going to really know, like when you're watching the game. You're going to go, oh, yeah, that was cool, good run. But it's one of those things that you know I appreciate when I watch right. the film and I go, ooh, that was a cool way to it's pull not, the backside tackle and right. do that. Like, it's, not like a, it's not like a play design where they take the wide angle and they show you the route combination. Right, you don't get to see like a New England Brady. What do they do to get the ground? So it, it does. And that's the strength to the Tennessee Titans. Malarkey is a he's a Pittsburgh it's almost a New York Giants Bill Parcells it's part of that coaching tree disciple where they want to run the football first and do that uh, so to me that's where it is and then I think just really when you get simple into it is Mario is going to have to make some big throws in the game if they want to win I don't think they're going to win okay the line gonna, is 13 points the line is 13 points Canvasser roll that big boy because I is going 790 on the Patriots 790 you ain't going up to New England and beating Tommy up there you're freaking crazy it's going to be wicked cold they're going to be wicked crazy mad up there and you've disrespected Kraft Belichick and Brady okay Go park your car in the Harvard Yard. You're going to lose. 34-20. 34-20. Sims is putting 790 on the Patriots, and I will be placing 
a nice round $400 <laughs> on the Patriots. Uh, I, I think the Texans game showed me a lot last year. Yes. And I learned a lot last week. When Mike Malarkey brought out his crazy two-point conversion, yeah. when they had not run a two-point conversion all year, right. and it was a cluster of four on the left, and it didn't even get the two-point conversion, let alone the fact that they got a penalty for like illegal shifting yeah. or something. Right. They're not ready to diagram things that are going to confuse the Patriots. But I am very confident that this will be a close game, and then Belichick is going to whip out a wide receiver pass <laughs> or a flea flicker right. or something that extends the lead, and then the Titans have to try and throw, and then it's a pick six, and then the Patriots win this game by 21. I, I agree. They, I'm again. not betting against the Patriots at home. And also, I look at a Titans team that was down 21-3 to that needed their quarterback to catch his own ball, yeah. and they needed the Kansas City Chiefs to implode and play a bad defense right. and, and play into the hands of the Titans. Miss a field goal, right. That was a, and miss a, there were too many things that happened to make me think this Titans team is for real. I think it kind of went their way. The other thing that I'm going to say Can as well. Can somebody run a trick play against the Patriots? I mean, is it against the law? Are they the only team that in the divisional round does it? I mean, again. Mariota is playing his second game. Yeah. Tom Brady is playing Playing his 30. 35th in the playoffs. That's amazing. Uh, did the Ravens run a trick play against the Patriots in, the, in some of those playoff games? No. But the Patriots were running trick plays against the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, even the, yeah, the Julian Raven, Edelman throw. You know, yeah, right. Patriots did the hurry up, had their tackle. The, the crazy as, formation that's not even legal in football anymore. Yeah, right. and then uh, Harbaugh, after the game, was complaining about right. rushing up to the line. Right. Yeah, but Belichick always has something ready to go. He's going to have something in the bank if he feels like, huh, we're sleepwalking a little bit here early, or we're not playing up to our – let me get a play here that I have manufactured to jumpstart our football team. It's Bill Parcells thinking. It's the same thing with Bill Belichick. He's got kahunas the size of grapefruits. Yeah, which I would get checked because that would be unnecessary. That would be, uh, be uncomfortable. Very much Ooh, so. You need some big pants. <laughs> I can't wear shorts. <laughs> uh, let's go to Sunday's action, which is the early game. Uh, 1 o'clock, Jacksonville. I know it says their defense is ranked second, but they're the best defense in the NFL at Pittsburgh. It is a rematch of a game earlier this year. The Steelers are favored by seven in that earlier game. Big Ben threw five interceptions, two of which were taken back to the house. It was the game in which we said Big Ben is done. Does he even want to play anymore? Jacksonville. Coming off of a 10-3 win over the Bills in which Blake Bortles did not look good in a tough weather environment in Florida, and now he's going to Pittsburgh in January, but the defense continues to be phenomenal. Also in that earlier game, Leonard Fournette busted out a 90-yard touchdown run in which he hit the highest miles per hour at that time in the league. Yeah. They won that game 30 I still think he ended up with the two fastest mile per hours of the year. And then I think also Jadavian Clowney was up there when he got that fumble recovery from right. John Ross, which right. just shows you the freaky athletes in the SEC. Respectively. Respectively. But two uh, interceptions returned for touchdown, yep. a 90-yard uh, fu- uh, run by Leonard Fournette. He has not looked like the same guy lately. No. That's 21 points. You take that away, 9-9. Right. Nine to nine. Big Ben and the whole team is feeling really motivated right now. Right. I'm actually going to give my pick before your pick because I'm just feeling the flow cool, right go now. Ahead, do it. I'm going to go Steelers, $400 to cover the seven right now. 
Um, I just think that this is a team that is motivated. Antonio Brown will be back, but this is a game in which I'm looking at the Martavises and the Jujus over the top as the potential one-stop shops. Um, I think the Jacksonville defense will be good. Mm -hmm. I think this is Le'Veon Bell bashing it over and over and over again. This was the team that prompted Pittsburgh to start running so much. No doubt. This was the game that flipped Pittsburgh into becoming a run-first team. And I also think that... uh, they're going to dial up some crazy zones, and Blake Bortles is going to be in trouble. Yeah. That's my that's mine. Let's start off with uh, Big Ben versus the Jags sure. defense, Steelers offense, Jags defense, because that's the prime time. It matchup. is. The, uh, I just, first of all, you, a lot of your points were right, spot on. I, I tr- I'm with you. On just and Artie the, Burns is going to play. Right. Is he going to play? He's okay, going that's to good play. to know. Uh, this is going to be my favorite game of the weekend. I'm just going to tell you right now. I cannot wait to watch this game. These two teams are going to try to kill each other. And they like to do it. Yes. That's what's awesome. I mean, already, Jacksonville's working itself into a froth. I mean, you hear them, oh, careful what you wish for, and they're ready to go. They know that the de- the defense especially, they know they're going to have to win the game. Yes. They know that. And then this third Yeah, they've they- been the Eagles for 17 weeks. Right. They're capable of doing that, too. So they're going to be more possessed than people you see on a normal basis on an NFL field, which is pretty possessed, okay? So the first thing, I, I guess, where I'd start is, um, you know, Okay, Antonio Brown, first game. He he had some pretty good stats in the first matchup. They also threw it to him 19 freaking times. They did. Which, there's no way they do. That was part of the issue. It was definitely part of the issue. 19 times, they 10 didn't catches, catches 157 their pride, yards. And they kept throwing it. You're right about that. It was, you're, you said that to start with, and I think you're exactly right. And I'll say this. Just going back and looking at the tape a little bit real quick. I, I did that last night. I would say that was Jalen Ramsey's worst game as a pro. He got turned around and confused a few times by A.B. A.B. is a route-running fool, and he, he gave Jalen Ramsey some issues. He, you know, start the game, Antonio Brown caught the big pass over his shoulder down the sideline, and it was great coverage, it was a great throw, and it was a great catch. Uh, so I think, first of all, Jalen Ramsey's going to look at that film and go, what the hell, I'm gonna be, he's going to be extra pissed off, which I also don't expect Antonio Brown to be totally 100%. No. I don't care how many Chad Ochocinco videos he throws out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, the next thing is there's a new weapon on the Steelers offense that wasn't there in the first game. Okay, and that would be Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, he has developed. Into These are one his stats post Jacksonville. Post Jacksonville, Post 46 Jacksonville. catches, 757 yards, five touchdowns, and it really wasn't anything before that. No, it was really nothing. And really, the game after that, I think, was Kansas City, and then it was really the Detroit game. Remember on Monday night where he really established had like 197 himself. 197 yards because right. he had like a 90 yard touchdown or whatever. I know it was. because he was on my fantasy team. Right. So that to me, he is another part of this offense, which I do again a little like I said with the Atlanta defense is going to be a part of the game plan because those guys that can go over the middle against these zone dropping linebackers, and if you have a Le'Veon Bell run game to fake to, it's going to put a lot of stress on Telvin Smith, Miles Jack of trying to go, oh, we got to stop Le'Veon, oh, we got to turn around and stop the crosser behind us. So I look at that. Okay. Before, the, before the Jacksonville, and including the Jacksonville game, right. he had 12 catches, two touchdowns, and if I had to guess on the yards, less than 150 yards in those five So games. there you go. And it kind of shows you what he did after that. Right. And, and like you a said... A lot of that was because of Martavis Bryant. Well, and Bryant's a part of the offense better now, too, than I think even they, there. Yeah, they were they trying to force-feed him early in the year, and yeah. it wasn't working. Uh, but, yeah, so he certainly turned it. And, of course, yes, you made the point. Okay, Je- i, I got to think Pittsburgh's going to be smart enough to go, you know what, this is, this is Blake Bortles, okay? So let's not be stupid on offense. Hmm. 
and let's run the ball because the, the team is built around Le'Veon Bell. This is still a really good offensive line. Uh, you know my thoughts about the Castro Jacksonville's bubble. If they can run at the Jacksonville bubble, that's the thing. And then here's my other thing. So I do expect it to be a run game. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go, let's not, let's not even put Big Ben in this situation to where he has to make a tight throw on third and nine and things like that or, or second and ten. I think they're going to stay consistent with the run. Uh, of course, Jacksonville's one issue this whole year has been run defense. And this is the thing that I'll be looking for. The Jaguars' big D-line, and I know I've told you this, but this will be another thing I will watch, and I would expect to see this front four. I mean, that's an incredible D-line. When Calais they put, Campbell, right. Avery Jones, Marcel Darius, and Malik Jackson yes. all studs. They would be the number one guy on most D-lines across the NFL. They are starting D-tackles on like every team in football, except for maybe the Rams and like the Philadelphia Eagles. The fact okay? that the Bills traded Marcel Darius I know nothing. I know. Unbelievable. Well, he was acting like a piece of crap, yeah, and yeah. this has straightened out his life, and I think he's admitted that. And you know, so I look at that. When you put Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson are your defense at <laughs> ends, and then Aubrey Jones and Darius at like three twenty or yeah. your D tackles, you just drop seven and don't worry about you're it. Exactly right. And you try to do that, and they're going to have an extra guy at the line of scrimmage. So play it straight up. Let those linebackers just react from there and go get a Le'Veon Bell. It's going to be the thing I am most excited to watch. I cannot wait to watch That's this game. That's going to be great. Uh, yep. And then now let's go, go to the other side. Yep. Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette, and the Jacksonville offense against a Steelers defense that does not have Ryan Shazier. Right. Uh, but has played pretty well as of late. This is a Steelers team that always played to the level of their competition, mm-hmm. which in the playoffs I think is a good thing. They're one of those teams I feel like every year turns it all in the playoffs. Well, they're, they're ballers. They're, they yeah. got a bunch of ballers. How can Blake Bortles shock you, shock me, and shock the world? Well, I, I, running the ball. I, I, I'm, I mean, they got to continue to make him a wildcat. I'm, can, I'm continuing to hope that maybe they'll, maybe, maybe uh, we've created enough press this week for Jacksonville to actually read the press clippings, which all coaches read the press clippings. They can tell you they don't, but trust me, everyone oh, I've been mean, around. You mean the LeBron of quarterbacks? Right, right. right. So I feel, Bortles, baby. I feel LeBron. bad. I feel bad. He's still. the king. But you uh, wear LeBrons all the time. You should start wearing Blake Bortles. <laughs> it's incredible. It's an open-toed sandal Nike. that falls apart on your first trip around the block. <laughs> you can get a pay less for two dollars. Uh, Blake Bortles. Jerk. The ultimate sandal. Uh, anyway, anyway, so, so he's going to run a lot. I, I, to me, that's the, that's going to be one of the keys to the game. Uh, it really is. And and I got to think they got to look at last week's game and go, okay, Bortles, big runner. Yes, I, if I'm Jacksonville, I, I think you're going to go. Okay, well, we got to trust in our defense. They've done a good job of keeping us games all year long. Let's not let Blake Bortles uh, ruin this game for us, dropping back, trying to figure out who's who in the zone Ooh. blitz crazy scheme of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very scary. So for 95 yards. 95 yards. I think it actually plays into time. their advantage that they didn't have to do much offensively because Pittsburgh's going to go, well, we don't even really know how they attacked us. This was also the game where Leonard Fournette was running and calling out Michael Mike Mitchell, Mitchell and right. saying, come. And yes. I, we're just, we just don't have that Leonard Fournette anymore. No. Oh, well, I mean, it's a little bit because of that. I mean, he's got to take care of his body. He yeah. can't go in a car and 25 car crashes every game. Uh, so he's beat up. So to me, um, the run game is going to be paramount to Jacksonville. Managing the football game. How many points can they score? I, I don't think a lot. I just don't see it. You know, How many as points I, did you predict them to score? I said, okay. so Just the Jaguars score? Ten. Ten. Yes. And that might be hard. I, I think but you it will did be. say that the, the Steelers' defense will be better for the Jaguars than the Bills' defense. I do. Because the Bills are contain, keep you in front, 
go down the field. A little bit more of a defensive goal. We know what you like to do here, and we're going to take those away. Where the Steelers are going to go, this is what we do, and we're going to attack you. We're going to force your hand, right, to do something. Can you handle this blitz or this coverage or this stunt? And what it leads to that sometimes is 90-yard touchdown runs because all of a sudden they go, we're going to go for the kill on second and seven and try to make it third and 20. And they bring a, you know, the left side of the D-line slants down, and all of a sudden, oh, man, the run play was there, and they're blocking down. And there's a huge gap, and Leonard Fournette goes through the line of scrimmage untouched for 40 yards. Those are the things that would scare me, and that's where I do think Pittsburgh's different than a Buffalo on defense. Yeah, I have a hard time believing they can consistently move the ball. Mm. Blake Bortles is certainly going to have to throw the ball good. I'll be interested to see what the weather is there. That's a stadium that's traditionally windy because it's right on the three rivers there. Uh, and, yes, from that standpoint, canvasser, throw my money up there. 790? 790. 790 dollars. Sunday, it's supposed to be 19 degrees, partly cloudy, six mile per hour winds in Pittsburgh. Ooh, Jacksonville's defense. You better show up. I'm uh, picking Pittsburgh to win the game 20 to 10. Now, well, hold on. luckily, it's going to be the games at one because before it, it's going to be five degrees in wow. the morning, and then after it, it's going to be eight degrees at night. Wow! So Jacksonville's going to wake up. This is also my thing. I think yeah. Jacksonville's like we got a playoff win under our belt. We're ready to go. Yeah. You just played in a Jacksonville stadium with with a lot of Bills fans that came there, mm-hmm. and it was in Florida, and there was barely wind, and we talked about it like it was a tsunami. Yes. You're coming to the weirdest wind facility in the NFL right. with a Pittsburgh kicker. I feel like this is the first Pittsburgh kicker in a decade that can actually kick. <laughs> I feel like they're always like, this oh, one no. always has an issue. <laughs> right. And I feel like now they're coming to a true playoff environment, yep. and I don't think they have any idea what they're in store I, I, uh, It's part of the reason I picked. One of the things I said in, in my notes, I just said Jacksonville's a year away. This was their first taste of, oh, we're kind of good, well, and they we kind of got Cousins a bullseye. Right. And we won a playoff game. Uh, I'll just say this to wrap up this game. I'm picking Pittsburgh to win the game 20 to 10. But don't underestimate this freaking Jacksonville defense. Weird shit happens every week against the Jacksonville yeah, defense. They almost did it last week. All right. Quarterbacks miss throws they don't normally miss. I had this conversation with my dad last night. Receivers drop balls they don't normally miss. And listen, if it was a one-game anomaly, I'd go, man, Jacksonville just yeah. got lucky. But it happens every week, and it, this is why. And my dad goes, yeah, you're right. You know, he goes, yeah, Christopher, you know you're right. It's like... It's like me playing the Eagles back in the day. Well, you should just do dumb shit we didn't usually do. Yeah, because you're, so you're uncomfortable. Yeah. You're going, oh, my gosh, they're big and fast and as aggressive as I've seen. And you want to catch a ball, and you're going, who's about to knock me but, out? But that's that's why, a real thing. But that's why I love that it's the Steelers. Yes, they're going to be the faced anti, them. yes. And I think, right. I think when you get a taste of it, yes. you're more ready for it. Sure. And two, ben, it was Ben's worst game. Yeah. And I think he, they're going to come out angry. But that's what scares me, too. He's going to try and prove people. Yeah, yeah. don't. And I don't think he is because did you hear what he said yesterday? He said Jacksonville was the best defense he's ever played. Sure. Yeah. Which I wow, mean, you, and all those Ravens all those, teams right. and all those Bengals teams right. and the Patriots. Right. And, damn. Right. So hopefully he realizes like, don't be you know Big Ben, John Wayne. I'm coming in on my horse to save the day. Just take what they give you, big guy. 
and make it to the AFC Championship so we can see you guys in the Patriots. Yeah, because that is the best matchup. Right. However, Jacksonville's defense against, against the Patriots Brady and would be would be amazing. so fun, no doubt. It would about be. It. Let's go to the Sunday afternoon game, and this is should be, I think, the most entertaining game Nobody for all the fans over where it's the Saints at Minnesota. Uh, Since what do you think? Oh, hey, hey. I'm gonna eat some crawfish and I'm gonna watch the game. And the Vikings are favored by four and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a Saints offense that gets to play in a dome in Minnesota, coming off a nice season sweep of the Carolina Panthers. It's been a Saints defense that has surprised people all year, an offense that is clicking, that starts with their running game and then goes to their passing game. It is a Vikings team where if the Jaguars are the best defense, the Vikings are a close second. They are not as uh, fast as the Jaguars, but they are just as sound and bigger than the Jaguars are. And it's an offense with Case Keen that has been disrespected all year long. It's really a quarterback. Uh, I will say this just to fill in before. This is Big Ben's 21st playoff game. This is Bortles' second. And in this game, it is Breeze's 13th. And it is Case Keenum's first playoff game. Right. And that's why everyone's oh my afraid. God. He's going to be like, Case he's going to get under the center and go, oh my gosh, blue 25, I've never missed game. the playoffs, I uh, can't throw, oh no. The constant disrespect of Case Keenum all year, as though he doesn't know what he's doing, has been fun to watch. Yep. I will say this, there are a few things, uh, it is four and a half we're getting it at for the right. Vikings. I see some people in the comment section, why is nobody going for the Saints? A lot of people are going for the Saints. I think this is going to be one of the bigger bets of the the weekend, people taking the points with the Saints. What scares me with the Saints, Andrus Pete just went on IR. Yep. And I don't think the public realizes how big that is. Yeah. Because Andrus Pete, sure, do you have other guys? This is a team that already lost Strife, that is going week to week with Teron Armstead, mm-hmm. and Andrus Pete was the guy fixing it all year long. In your mind, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. One of the best guards in football. He'd be in the conversation with Zach Martin this year, and I think if you looked at a lot of their big runs this whole year, it was because of Andrus Pete. It's a huge piece. You're exactly right. And we've been talking about all these defenses, Tennessee's front line, right. Jacksonville's front line, and their ability and the Eagles' front line to not have to bring pressure. Yeah. Yeah. There is no D-line, in my opinion, that can stop the run easier than the Vikings defensive line without help. Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph, and then you got the freak Danielle Hunter on yep. the other side. Brian Robeson, Shamar Steven, Tom I do Johnson. Not, I do not think there is a linebacking core more prepared to stop the Saints running backs than the Vikings. Everyone said, oh, Thomas Davis was great, Luke Keekley. Eric... Uh, uh, Eric Kendricks. Kendricks, thank you, and Anthony Barr right. match up perfectly with those running backs. The safeties, Harrison Smith, the corners. The, the Vikings have an advantage at corner, wide receiver at every single position. Right. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, goodbye, Michael Thomas. Yep. Goodbye. Trey Waynes is literally the cornerback version of Ted Ginn. <laughs> You're right. The, just Skinny put him up. Can fly. Run, 4-3. Right. Run with him. Right. Perfect. He's right. going to catch it half the time. <laughs> and then I just I look at this Vikings defense and I think the Saints offense is good. Yes. And Sean Payton is going to dial some stuff up. Yep. But the Vikings are – just seen them shut down the Rams at home and make them look not important. They did it to the, to the Falcons. Right. The Vikings, I think, are, are my favorite team. I've yes. been making money on them all year. Yep. Offensively, Adam Thielen 
and Stefan Diggs yep. and Kyle Rudolph and a very good offensive line. Yep. The two well, backs. I, I look, yes, did they do well against the Panthers? The Panthers had no weapons. The the Vikings have weapons. I like Jared McKinnon. I like Latavius Murray. And I think I am going to continue to ride your guys' perception that Case Keenum sucks to the bank. I think they win by a touchdown. I'm going $400 mm. on the Vikings, minus 4.5. Yes, is it scary that it's minus 4.5 against the Saints team that I think is very good? Sure. But... I just think the Vikings at home, they played all of their starters in Week 17 yes. against the Bears, right. and they continue to stomp it out. Does it worry me that the last three weeks of the year they faced Mitchell Trubisky, Brett Hundley, and Andy Dalton? Sure, but they've been so consistent all year. Mike Zimmer is a head coach. Pat Shermer was a head coach. Soprano was a head coach. Sperano. Sperano. They have like four former head coaches. Yeah. This team is going to be so ready to go. Right. I, I really love the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, you make a lot of good points. Um, do you, What do you guys want me to do? You want me to throw my bet up first, or do you want me to talk first? I wanted you to talk about what can Breeze and Peyton do against this Vikings Okay, defense. so let's start there. I, I, and I think, all right, so first of all, you talked about the Minnesota defense, right? You're right. Minnesota's defense, this is better than the Carolina Panther defense we saw last week, certainly. But I'll say this, too. Um, first thing is, I got to think Minnesota went into the bye week of the, the wild card week and said, uh, let's, let's put an extra day the in the Saints. I mean, they beat the Panthers twice. They're the three seed. Yes. I would expect us to be playing them once again, right? Or they were the four seed, right? Is that what it was? So I'm wrong with my theory there yes. in a little bit. They were the four seed. But either way, I do think they had to at least prepare for them and probably the Rams the yeah, most. Yeah, but the Falcons won on Saturday night. So oh, so they, they knew. knew. So yeah. they got the day. You're right. All right. So I was a little mixed up in my brain. But regardless, uh, I think that, okay, yeah, they got to see him in week one. That doesn't matter. It might as well be 2012. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even look at that no, game. No, no. And I think this Dalvin is the other Cook thing. Dalvin Cook was the leading rusher and Sam Bradford was the leading thrower. Right. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's like Chiefs-Patriots. It's, it's it, fictitious. It really is. It's very fictitious. So I think the other thing fictitious. I would look at. The other thing I would look at is, you know, Kamara and Ingram did not have great games last week, right? Uh, Carolina did a pretty good job. Keekly, Thomas Davis did a good job. Oh, well, Kendricks and Barr are better, okay? So let's just get that right away. And you see here, the running back breakdown. This will be one of the big matchups of the game to see if they can get these guys off. Kamara and Ingram had 3,000 yards combined rushing. Kamara, I mean, went over 2,000 total himself, right? So Kamara is a beast. He is really the guy who the offense is featured around on. He is a mismatch nightmare. But these two versus these two right here with Barr and Kendricks, Ugh. that is going to be one of the keys of the game. Because you said this about the Panthers. Right. That they ran a double B-gap defense. Right. Which means that they put their linebackers in the B-gap. Right. Uh, if you can bring me on camera real quick just yep. for people that are watching. So you have center guard tackles. Zimmer of the Vikings typically runs a double A gap, which right. means he puts his linebackers to either side of the center and kind of stresses you right in the middle. Which is what Carolina usually does, too. But Carolina yeah. put their linebackers on the outside between the guard and the tackle right. because in your mind, you don't want to get caught in the middle of Sean Payton's sweeping run defense. Sweeping and the- runs, pick screens, whatever it may you be. You think Zimmer steals that? I would be shocked if he doesn't. I think he's going to look at that film and go, huh. That's interesting that they did that. And it's yes, what I run. 
but interesting. But interesting. Yeah. Just a little wrinkle different of what I run. I do this already, except, oh, they move the linebackers out one extra gap and move the D tackles in one extra gap. And I think that is the reason, because you have to be worried about Kamara and Ingram on the edge. Not only the great run game they have, the great screen game. I would argue, I would argue the Saints are the best screen team in all of football. So because of that, you have to be careful. That matchup is going to be paramount to the football game. Uh, Barr, Kendricks, Kamara, Ingram. Why? Because I think Minnesota's going to win the other matchup that's very paramount to the football game. I don't think it'll be close. I just think when I really look at the two receivers of Ginn and Thomas, yeah. okay, who are good players, don't get me wrong, Thomas is not the kind of guy that's going to separate from anybody. He just, that's not what he is. No, he's, he's big. He just, he's reliable. He is. He's big. He's great at adjusting the ball in the air, he's catching her, back he's, shoulders. He's Herman Moore. Yeah, right. He's a Herman Moore. He's a little faster version of Marquise Colston, who they had there for all those years. Mm. That's really all he is. And then Ginn is really the guy they just want to use to take the top off the defense, right? That's really what they want to do. They might have two or three game plan plays to go. We're going to get Ginn down the field and see if uh, Drew can launch it down the field to him. The problem is these two freaks of nature that they got over here. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes and Trey Williams. Oh, you mean you're not real fast and you're big and physical, Michael Thomas? Oh, well, welcome to the biggest corner in the history of football and Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, you're still shocked when you saw him. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the (laughs) chafing that goes on in his upper thighs is amazing. He's got great ass and legs. Uh, So that I was amazed by. But, yeah, I I think that matchup right there, I just don't see the Saints being able to consistently win those matchups. Trey Wayne's. Ted Ginn. Waynes is one of the fastest corners, fastest people in football. He Wild, can fly. They're, ba- they're backups too. I mean, Terrence Suman and Mackenzie Alexander exactly are, are, right. are solid Are doing well. a good job. Yeah. And then you got good safety play on the back end. Yeah. Uh, so that will be really a big key to the football game. Who do you think wins that side of the football? I... I think can the Saints surprise the Vikings. I think the Saints can move the ball. Okay. But I do think the Vikings will get a few stops. Um, Let's go to the other side. Go to the other side. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. That Case Keenum offense. the Vikings offense right. against the Saints defense that you've been impressed with from the beginning. Impressed. But I would say as of late, yes. especially the Panthers game, it's looked a little susceptible. Marcus Lattimore is an absolute stud. Yes. Uh, and when they lost Alex Okafor right. and they lost A.J. Klein, right. it was a big hit that people I don't think talked about. No, I, I know. It, it was a big hit. I mean, And Cam know. Jordan. I don't want to leave out Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan's uh, Cam Jordan's uh, one of the top five defensive linemen in the NFL. I would agree. You're exactly right. And we do. We all have to start giving him more respect. He's unbelievable what he does. I, I think the big thing I look at is this, is New Orleans, I do respect the way they play. Their defense, you've heard me say it, they're not going to die a slow death. They're either going to make a play, sack you, getting you in a bad position, or you're going to go down and score a touchdown, and they're going to get their offense back on the field. But they're like Sean Payton's not going to let his offense sit over there for 10 minutes. At some point, he's going to go, Dennis Allen, I mean, send the, send the all-out blitz. I, my offense has been over here for 10 minutes. This is the best part of our team. We need to get them on the field. So I do think he's smart enough to realize that. Their aggressive nature, though, I think this is the week it will come back to beat them. I really do. Uh, I just think with Lattimore, yes, he'll be able to shut down Thielen or Diggs, whoever he matches up with, for the most of the day. But Shermer, I can't say enough about his offensive scheme this year. It's got everything. Who would you compare it to? Gosh, it's like a... What are the principles of it? Well, it, it, it's, it's West Coast-based, right? But he does a good job like a McVeigh or Shanahan, who are also West Coast-based, of 
adding a few plays that you haven't seen on a weekly basis, just going, okay, these are my eight plays to screw your defense up. And I feel like adding a good vertical element to it as well. That's what he has. He's definitely yeah. done that. Because I see Thielen and Diggs getting right. shots all the time. No doubt. Even think the West Green Coast, Bay game yeah. where I was on the field there for, you know, it was a it was negative five yeah. degrees, but there was people open down the field and they just kept missing them, mm-hmm. whether it was a drop or a missed throw by Keenum. It was hard, it was hard elements. But, yes, they make you defend the whole field, and then you talked about – their run, their run game, their play-action passes are as good as it gets. Their screen games from McKinnon are really good. This offense has it all. I'm not saying Shermer is like McVay, Shanahan, or Sean Payton yet, but, but he's a, that next group down. Mm, he's good, and, and there's, there's a reason. reason. There's a reason he's the leading candidate for the Arizona exactly Cardinals, right. and he's going to interview with the New York Giants. Exactly right. So there is something there to, this, to what he does systematically, and I just think the Saints are a hair too aggressive on that side of the ball, and I think when you accompany that with the fact that I think the Vikings are going to get a few stops on the defensive side of the ball. I am going $10 on New Orleans. I just think they're going to keep it close. I think there are still. So you think that four and a half is too much? Four and a half is too much. I picked a 27 24 Vikings, Mm. right? I really think, and and honestly, I think think the game is going to be like 27 17 Vikings. Oh, that will And Breeze is going to go down and score a touchdown, and then they're going to kick an onside kick. That's that's how I look at it. So I'm ultra excited for this game as well. Backdoor Breeze is like the king of that. They're never going to stop, right? No, that's what worries me. In fact, there's an argument right now in the comments section that's going back. Back and forth about Breeze being overrated. Right. And I would say this is some fodder for the people that are saying that he is, is that I'd love to see the amount of Breeze stats over the years that came with the game out of hand in the fourth quarter. Sure. Whether they're up or they're down in a two-possession game. Sure. Yeah. It, it, it has felt they like that for a up. long time. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Dan, listen. if I lose a Lefko lock, because I'm going to pick Minnesota for my Lefko locks, yeah. on a backdoor Breeze cover, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. But that's why I look at Minnesota, right? right? right. The Bears almost had a backdoor cover in Week 17, right. and Minnesota said, oh, no, 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 we're not letting this happen. Yeah. Goal line stand when it was first and goal on the one. Minnesota's one of those defenses, too, that's oh, like, no, have, no, 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 no. yeah. In, the, insane They prime. care about their stat line at the end of the day and how many Zimmer points they cares up. about football so much that they were like, listen, you're going to go blind. And he was like, throw me an eye patch. I'm coaching <laughs> on Sunday. Like, that's Zimmer. Yes. All right, so that means that our winners going forward, yeah. that we have all the home teams. We do. Well, I have New Orleans covering, so I have. Yeah, but in, but in terms of the actual winning the winners, game, yes. Eagles, Patriots, Steelers, and and uh, Vikings. And you pick the Eagles to win the game. You think you're going to win too? Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to hold on to win. I, I think it, so. We we see Eagles, Vikings, yep. and then we see Patriots, Steelers, and our big disagreement is going to be Vikings, Saints. Right. And your two big bets that you feel most confident on for the betting public is Pittsburgh and New England. Right. You think I couldn't decide. And when I was sitting there and I put my score next to the games finally and I f- first looked at the spread, I was like, man, you know, I want to do my one big bet as usual. And I was just couldn't decide between New England or Pittsburgh. And, said, and I said, I'll ah, just go both of them. Man, uh, which one do you feel the least confident about? Eagles? Out of the big ones? Oh. You feel – but you feel – Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the Eagles game I'm, – I'm t- because the Eagles game, I don't have any schematical – overwhelming feeling. 
either side. I'm really just picking the game more in the fact that I think the Eagles are going to be pissed off. Right. They've had rest. This defensive line, this defense has been been told by their coaching staff, like, you got to win games for us. Yeah. And I think they're going to come out and be so sick of hearing the we can't win without Carson Wentz story right. that they're going to just be a little too physically imposing. Uh Trey Francois saying yeah. we disrespected the Saints big time. I got a few tweets saying that we were disrespectful to the Saints. When? Saints have been one of the best teams in the NFL. We've been on that bandwagon. We called them to win the division before the year Before started. the we're season, the only team. I just, I there, there's. Well, a, we're just disrespecting because we're not picking them to win this week. Yes. All right. Well, come on. There's an incredible thing about uh, when you pick against someone, you're biased, and when you pick for them, you're you're right you're there. You're smart. And you know, I'll just, I'll tell you guys. All we try and do is bring the truth. Just listen to our analysis. I, I understand I'm not 100% right all the time, but damn, I work hard and watch this shit a lot. Canvas, are we live on Sunday? Okay, so guys, Sunday noon, we couldn't do it last week because Sims was dying. We got Zika. He got Zika. <laughs> so <laughs> got sun- the hiv. Sunday noon, we are going to recap the Eagles-Falcons game and the Patriots-Titans game and then and then preview Jags-Steelers uh, and then also Vikings-Saints. Uh, it should be fun. I, uh, I can't wait. I really, this, is my, this is the best weekend of the year. This is the eight best teams in football for the most part. They're here because they don't screw things up. They don't get penalized a lot. The game will be more fun to watch. I'm excited for it. Guys, we love you so much. As always, check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Sims and Lefko. Keep the conversation going. And as always, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else, and get in those iTunes comments. We always read five-star reviews for Sims. Peace out, homie. Fendrick would say good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says good night. Enjoy the best weekend of football of the year. We love y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck on your bets.